0: Welcome to Way Too Seriously, the podcast where we watch kids' movies and then take them way too seriously. I'm Paul Moffat. I'm Jan Moffat. And this week we watched and we'll be talking about Zootopia. Jan, do you want to tell us a little bit about this movie?
1: Zootopia is a 2016 Disney movie. It was The screenplay is by Jared Bush and Phil Johnson. The story is by seven different people. That's a lot.
0: I kind of heard this about this movie, that they didn't really know what the story was going to be until quite late into the making of it.
1: Yeah. So, that's a lot of people writing it. It stars the lovely voices of Jennifer Goodwin, Jason Bateman, Irgis Alba, Jenny Slate, Nate Torrance, Bonnie Hunt, Tommy Chong, J.K. Simmons, Alan Tudja, Shakira. It was the highest grossing movie since Frozen and it kind of was the next big big Disney movie after Frozen. Will yeah. you tell us a little bit about the plot of this movie, Paul?
0: In a world
1: in a world.
0: Um in a world where animals are anthropomorphized, and predators and prey live together in semi-peace, Judy Hopps, a young bunny, decides that she wants to make the world a better place by becoming a police officer in the metropolis of Zootopia. Having arrived in Zootopia, she discovers that she is a diversity hire and no one respects her, but nevertheless, she takes it upon herself to solve the mystery of the missing otter- Mr. Otterton. Mm-hmm. Um, and along with a fast-talking con man fox named Nick Wilde, Judy uh, solves the mystery uh, and... Uncovers the conspiracy. Uncovers this conspiracy by Assistant Mayor Bellwether, who has been drugging predators, turning them savage so that the population of Zootopia will... Fear predators and the prey population will support her bellwether in her mayoral run. Judy and Nick unmask bellwether, and everything goes back to happy peace, sort of.
1: Yeah, that's basically the plot. That's basically the plot, I think. It's a Zootopia. (laughs) Which our kids... Not not on this watching, but a few watchings ago, realized that Zootopia and Utopia are connected, and they were very excited.
0: Yeah. I was explaining, I forget why, but I was explaining dystopia and utopia and what those words are, because they heard them. And being the kind of person I am, I was like, well, they're taken from Greek. You (laughs) means... When it's spelled EU means good, but it also means no because it's a pun. So utopia means good place and no place because topos means place. And uh, and then I didn't actually tell them Zootopia. Or they made that connection yeah. themselves. Yeah. Like I said, utopia, good place, no place. And they were like, Zootopia means animal place. Yeah. And then they made a whole bunch of like. What if it was Plantopia, Plant Place? Well, they what were also about like Fartopia. Uh, what about?
1: They were also like Fruitopia, like the drink. So there was also that. It
0: means fruit place. Yep. Yeah. Yep.
1: So, uh, semi objectively, how good of a jo- <laughs> <laughs> as objective as we can be? How good of a job are they doing in this movie? What's the how good of a movie is this?
0: I think this is a very well put together movie in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. I'm it's very surprising to me, actually, how many people are involved in making the story because the story as it comes together in the end is fairly tight.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm surprised as well. I'm very surprised at how many people are involved and that the story is quite cohesive and I think and makes sense. The, or maybe a little all over the place. That's what. But I was the actual say. story is good.
0: And actually, I think the themes being so complex does the movie a favor in the end uh, because it's, it doesn't have a simple theme, mm-hmm. but it has a lot of overlapping themes that are intertwined in real life, not just in the movie.
1: And we'll definitely get into those in our other section here.
0: So I think. I mean, if we start with conception, Mm -hmm. conceptually the world and the whole idea of the movie is, I think, great. I think it's a really good concept for a movie.
1: And the way they execute that visually is fantastic. I love when she's first, when uh, Judy Hopps is first driving into Zootopia on the train and all of the different, like, different areas of the city are different ecosystems and all the stores and all the products and everything is so detailed and so fun. And they didn't just like make all the animals the same size. They made them in like their actual sizes. in, in I mean or roughly. Roughly their actual sizes in relation to each other. And so you have to have a whole town of like just the rodents. Because you can't have the elephants go there or they'll kill everybody. Yeah. And they have to like it's very cleverly done. Agreed. And I felt like they put a lot of thought and a lot of. Like the animation work is amazing in this.
0: Absolutely agree. The
1: amount of detail they had to do is just phenomenal.
0: And when you like, I said this is really good in conception, and that might at first be like, it's a talking animal movie. This is not the first talking animal movie. No. But what it is is like, what if animals were anthropomorphized, but otherwise like themselves? So they're yeah, exactly. very they maintain a lot of characteristics of those animals, and especially size. Mm -hmm. And moving from ecosystem to ecosystem is just so much fun to watch. Absolutely. Exactly. So well implemented. Mm -hmm. Um, What do you think of the voice actors?
1: I thought they were really good. Jason Bateman as Nick Wilde, I really like him. He reminds me of George Clooney. In fact, I had to look it up to see if it was George Clooney. (laughs) But it's the, the smarmy but like... But lovable, but he was reminding me a little bit of Arrested Development, Michael, but also he was, uh, he's just really good. I really yeah, enjoyed I his think, voice.
0: I think this is like excellent performance. I mm-hmm. think he is the standout performance in the movie. Yeah. He does so well.
1: I mean, Jennifer Goodwin too is fantastic. As She's me, great.
0: As Judy Hops. She is. She's also really good. Mm-hmm. No question. And she has this, uh, she has this Amy Poehler energy and mm-hmm. uh, like upbeat, like Judy Hopps could be Leslie Nope. She has this like yes major or
1: or like Joy from Inside yeah. Out. Like she's basically got Joy living in her head.
0: as Yeah, well. and it's great. Yeah, I love Joy. I love Judy. She's a great character. She's Jennifer uh, Goodwin does a great job on her. I haven't seen like she's in. Ever after, right? That's her. Like
1: she's in once once upon a time. Sorry, TV once show. upon a time,
0: the TV show. Yeah, that's what I meant.
1: Yeah, she plays Snow White.
0: I've barely seen that, so I'm not really familiar with her. No, as an actor, she
1: was also on Big Love. I've never seen that. Show? that okay. No, yeah, I'm I'm quite familiar with her from those shows.
0: But this is a great performance, and mm. I like her in this role a lot.
1: Yeah, and then I mean, J.K. Simmons is doing his J.K. Simmons thing, which uh, is. To me, I mean, he'll always be uh, from Spider-Man, Jonah Jameson. Yep. But uh, if you play the Portal games, he's, in, he's a voice in the Portal 2. And I've played that game several times because I love it. And he'll always be Cave Johnson to me, like just especially in his voice work. Not when I see him in real life as much, but in his voice work, it reminds me so much of that video game that I love. And I love his... He's just so identifiable. Yeah,
0: so J.K. Simmons and Idris Elba are both doing oh, great Idris in their Alba. roles. I think this is well cast and the voice work is all mm-hmm. top level.
1: I feel like they're all having a lot of fun with their voices. I felt like Idris Elba is a lot plays serious a lot of the time and so to have him be this like he's serious as the big chief chief of police but he's also like clearly the actor is having a lot of fun doing it's a
0: serious character but not a serious role
1: exactly exactly and i feel like a lot of the actors are experiencing that and it's a lot of fun to watch
0: yep um what about the writing like we talked about the story seems quite coherent, especially considering how many people are involved in it. Mm -hmm. I think partly that, um, partly the way that it's a mystery with, they kind of go on a few different steps and some of the steps could just be taken out. Yeah. Like they go to the nudist place to get a clue, then they go to Mr. Biggs to get a clue that is working in favor of a few different story writers because I feel like those are elements that just could stay and it didn't bother the plot. Mm-hmm. Uh, it didn't seem like a detour, but if that wasn't the kind of chain link plot that it is, they would seem like detours.
1: Yeah, I think that, uh, especially the the trip to the nudist colony, if it wasn't so funny... And so, well done, that might drag. That might be a kind of a pointless rabbit trail.
0: But every place she goes, she gets a clue, and that's, like... That's true, exactly. drives us forward. Yeah,
1: exactly. And it it helps that at every place, you get a lot of humor and a lot of things that make you want to stay with this movie. The funniness and and the clever wordplay and all sorts of things.
0: What do you think of, speaking of cleverness, the other aspect of writing? How is the script to this movie?
1: Yeah, I mean, the script is fantastic. I think, like, it's hard to separate the voice actors from the script. Like, it's just well, it's well done. It's got good, clever lines. So many clever lines. I love the beginning when they're like, just settle. That's just what you do.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I found this movie really funny. There were many moments when I laughed out loud The parent rabbits and their just settle talk and all their, like, oh, she's just a meter maid. Oh, great. Yeah, exactly. And Judy's relentless optimism at various points is very funny. And, Mm -hmm. uh, like, for example. I'm not going to write a hundred tickets. I'm going to write 200 tickets before noon. And she does. And she does. Uh... Makes us cheer for her, and also is funny, and like the funniest moment in the movie is one of the funniest moments in any movie, which is the sloth who
1: <laughs> don't do it well. don't do it <laughs> very um don't do it. it's super annoying. <laughs>
0: That whole scene is really funny. The gif that you've seen of the sloth, like, slowly laughing. I remember, I think we watched this movie in theaters.
1: Yes, I think so.
0: Anyway, I remember the first time I saw it and, like, hurting myself laughing so hard. <laughs> yeah. at the, like, slow getting the joke and laughing. It is so funny. Yeah. And that whole scene could be infuriating. Yes. Like, slow talking could yes. be so annoying. But they just do it just right,
1: and you have the audience audience identification character. You have Judy the whole time being like so frustrated that it's it, that helps a <laughs> lot. It helps a lot.
0: So, is there any part of this movie that you think they didn't do well? Are there any lowlights in terms of the quality?
1: Um, I think there's a few dropped characters. Mm-hmm. There's like the the uh, Nick's partner from the beginning just completely gets dropped. Yep. Um, Judy as a child has some friends that feel like they're going to maybe even be important and they're just completely dropped. Yeah. The parents stick around, which is good, but I felt like, yeah, there was a bit of disconnect between the beginning and the end.
0: Yeah. I can see that. Especially we spend that time developing Judy as a child and then we leave it behind. They're like, this is going to, feel very nitpicky, because it is, because I think this is a really high-quality movie, but one of my nitpicks is, was it in the contract somehow that Shakira would only be in the movie if everybody is constantly talking about how they love her better than anyone else, and she gets to have a little interview where she solves racism? (laughs) (laughs) Because that was kind of ham-fisted.
1: Maybe a little. (laughs) It's, I mean... There's a pop star in this world that people like. It's a thing. Yeah, and that's fine and great. It's have you seen like
0: uh, sitcoms in the nineties where they would get like a pop star, a guest character, and then they would come into like the classroom and sing a song, and ev- the whole show would just stop for four minutes while <laughs> everybody just watched and smiled as the performer performed. Yeah. That's kind of this movie. No, that doesn't happen till the credits. It <laughs> doesn't happen till the credits, and the song is really great. I I would like to talk about the song in a moment. Yes, but I just would the like moment to talk where about... Shakira, I mean Gazelle, is like Zootopia. What does Zootopia mean to me? Was like I think a little much.
1: Yeah, yeah, I can see that. That's maybe a little much. That
0: moment where she's like, "I am an enlightened person who's going to teach you all how to love each other because I'm a pop star." <laughs> Right, yes. It's just a little much. It's a little much. And that's, as a quality judgment, we could talk about it again in terms of too seriously, but just, like, it was a little much. Also, the plan at the end... It was too fast. Judy is hurt, and they have to come up with this plan, and they were trying to run away, and then they get... She shoots him with the blueberries. It's one of these twists where, like, when you watch it for the second or third time, they're not quite playing fair. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh...
1: They it, don't really have enough time to set that all they up. They don't
0: have enough time to set that up. The I guess it's plausible, but like, my goodness, that is a plan with a lot of different parts where they're they're planning for the fact that their first plan's gonna fail. Like a redundant plan, I guess, is always is everybody's friend, but like that's really impressive. And then like Nick's acting yeah. is not really plausible, how, mm-hmm. much, how feral he acts.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: So all of that plan is like, you have to, especially the second and third time through, like you check to see whether they're showing you everything, and I don't think they are.
1: Yeah, I feel like they're not quite playing fair with the audience there.
0: Yep. Yeah. That also feels fairly nitpicky to me, yeah. because it's also a really fun, like, oh, they scammed her! Yeah. Also, the carrot uh, tape recorder has... Very lots of memory for recording things. How long? How much of her speech did it record? That's incredibly nitpicky. <laughs> yes,
1: that is. <laughs> my uh, my nitpick. If we're going to be that nitpicky, my nitpick was she's the first rabbit cop. But then they go into like this entire city that's all little rodents, and like they don't have any police down there. They have There's like a rhino
0: hit. policing uh, mice. Exactly.
1: Really?
0: Yeah. That doesn't quite like. Doesn't entirely make sense. Yeah. Okay, apart from the objective judgments of how good a movie this is, how much do you enjoy Zootopia?
1: Oh, I think I've already said. (laughs) I think I've magically revealed it by my enthusiasm, but I love this movie. It's great. It's fantastic. It, like, it has everything. And um, the first time I saw it, I did not expect it's one of these ones like Paddington, where, like, I went into it being like, here's another kid's movie to watch my kids. And then coming out of it being like, this is the greatest. (laughs) And that Shakira song is my jam. I love it. I dance to it every time. I got up and danced in the middle of the movie in our living room today. And our kids are like, mom. (laughs) But
0: I love it. I'm not going to
1: hide, like, if
0: you're keeping your tally at home, movies that make Paul cry or make Jan fall asleep. Uh, you didn't fall asleep in this movie, but as Judy Hopps is going into Zootopia and she puts her things into her ears and we have the Shakira song and she's like just so earnest and she just wants <laughs> to do her best. And the song is like, you're going to fail, but keep on trying. And I'm sitting next to my daughters, one of whom both they both are triers and one of whom especially is like really struggles with being discouraged and then picking herself up and trying again. Mm-hmm. Listening to the song, like, I I had to reach for a Kleenex. I'm not going to
1: oh, hide huh. that.
0: So I said, like, it's a little much that Shakira solves, solve, solves prejudice. But, like, this song, I think, is a beautiful song. Both mm-hmm. it's really fun and also the sentiment in it, I think. Yeah. It's really an absolutely... Uh, Genuinely inspiring sentiment. Like, yep. I messed up today, I'm going to keep going. Yeah, exactly. Like, and it doesn't say in the song anywhere, I messed up and eventually I'm going to win. Yep. It just says, I messed up, I fell down, I'm going to get up.
1: Yep, exactly.
0: That's beautiful sentiment.
1: It is, absolutely.
0: And it actually is Judy's sentiment. Mm-hmm. And she does win in the end, but we see her fail a lot.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: I like... That I think that's a really good message.
1: Mm-hmm. I did almost fall asleep at one point, <laughs> so <laughs> I came really close. My eyes closed, and I went, "No, I will not fall asleep."
0: All right, so so one point for Paul crying. One point. Oh, one point for Jane falling asleep. A not point, quite
1: a half a point.
0: <laughs> okay, keep that running tally.
1: Um. So let's get into the way, way too way, way,
0: portion of our show. Let's indeed. This is a movie about which there is a lot to say seriously.
1: So much. There's just like a depth of themes here. Maybe a little few too many themes. Maybe they're trying to say too many things, but they're saying a lot of things. Which one do you want to start with?
0: I want to say start with a thing, um a little bit of meta information that I remember from when this movie came out. And it was that making Judy Hopps female was a last-minute decision. Really? Yes. Huh. And that leads me to... This movie is about patriarchy... Uh-huh. Accidentally. Hmm. Because it, it super is. It super is. So I'd like to start about this about uh, feminism and patriarchy and gender in this movie. Mm-hmm. I think this is a movie that is... Uh, it's major theme is about gender equality Mm -hmm. and it's the like too many themes, the accidental themes. I think that is not a deliberate theme. Mm -hmm. It means to be, it is trying to be a theme about prejudice in general, but it ends up being a lot, a theme about, uh, gender specifically. So in that context, I mean, let's maybe start way back with, how is it meeting the basic uh, tests that we usually put a movie to, that we think about a movie? Like, does this movie pass the Bechdel test, for example? Hmm.
1: Does it? She talks to her mother? She talks to her Maybe. mother. She
0: talks to uh mayor Assistant Mayor Bellwether.
1: Oh, yes. This is the Mayor.
0: The, the villain. Deputy Mayor. Deputy Mayor. Assistant Mayor. She's Assistant called Assistant Mayor. mayor. Oh, okay. Assistant Mayor Bellwether and uh, Judy talk about Judy and her career. Yes, that's true. So it does pass the Bechdel test. Right. It has a little bit, it seems like it's a little bit of a Smurfette movie, like Judy is the one uh, female character in a very male world. But that ends up Mm. seeming uh, mostly... Symbolic? Well, it seems mostly um, thematic. The police force is a very male world and there are female police officers mentioned, but we don't really see them like the elephant in the room. It's time to acknowledge the elephant in the room. <laughs> Francine, <laughs> happy birthday. That, by that the is, way.
1: Oh, hilarious. I love that part.
0: <laughs> but like the police officers are mostly all male. Definitely all the police officers other than Judy who like have a role. And that means chief Bogo and the, uh, Cop at the desk, what's his name? Uh, are both male. It makes her feel like a, you, to use a super cliche, it makes her feel like a woman in a man's world. Yeah. And yet, there's enough other female characters in the larger world that it's not that she's the only female character who exists.
1: Yeah, because you have the, the little mouse, you have the her mom, you she's have. She's a vole. She's a vole. A little vole. Uh, the bellwether, the Shakira and her mom yeah. kind of round out that. Yeah. Still not half. No. Which is what it is in real life. <laughs> but <laughs> it's, there's a theme going there and that makes sense. Yeah. I can't believe it was a last minute thing that she was female. I'm still kind of reeling over that because I didn't know. Yeah. And it's so, um, just the way she's treated... Is so coded. I know. In, like, bunny, even though there's male bunnies, but bunny equals female, bunny equals feminine. She's and little,
0: and she's cute, and she's weak, and they say she's emotional, and they yes, say she's exactly. a bad driver, which yeah. is also
1: a stereotype. stereotype. Yeah, absolutely.
0: They say she's, you know.
1: They use cutesy nicknames for her. Yeah. Especially Nick all, for a long time. Just keeps calling her cutesy nicknames. Carrots and... uh, Fluffy and all these things. Cottontail. Cottontail. Yeah. And and so in that, what are they saying? Like, they're coding her female, but what are they saying? They're saying that... uh, women can succeed in being police officers. Women can be accomplished, but they're also just, they're not so much necessarily giving a message, more presenting our world. And this is what this whole movie is about is like, it's kind of like, Hey, what if this mirror world to ours that has animals? So like you have the pop star and the stupid apps and the other things. <laughs> and then you have what is reality is that women who want to succeed in a male-dominated industry have to work 10 times as hard.
0: They have to do 200 tickets by noon.
1: They, exactly. And
0: her what seems like relentless optimism viewed from a different lens is like the unspoken unrealistically high expectations that she sets for herself that everyone sets for her because in order to succeed she has to not just re- meet the unrealistically high standards that her superiors set for her she has to far exceed them
1: yeah exactly
0: and yeah i absolutely what you say about this is not uh the gender politics of this movie for most of the movie, anyway, and the most profound and interesting gender politics of this movie are the things that are uh, dramatizing rather than moralizing,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? They're just showing us inequalities that exist, and that, and letting the fact that they're unequal speak for themselves.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: I think that's really uh, powerful, and because we uh, relate to her right? Mm -hmm. We are seeing the world from her perspective. We're seeing, uh, her experience from her perspective and we are rooting for her and we want her to be the, to be successful. We want her to be able to do anything she wants to do and be who she wants to be. And so seeing her being kind of ground down, especially for the first two thirds of the movie feels vicariously like we're being ground down.
1: Yeah.
0: And, Yeah, I think that's a, I'm trying to like, think about, I don't want to say that it's important and valuable that children experience feeling ground down, <laughs> but like, recognizing, dramatizing inequality so that we can recognize it as an important uh, and valuable function of art. Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. That this
0: movie is doing, not really deliberately, it turns out.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: You said, I mean, do we have anything else we want to say specifically about gender? I feel like we could talk for two hours about gender in this movie if that's all we wanted to talk about. Yeah, I
1: feel like we could talk for so long in Zootopia about gender. So is there anything Um, more
0: specifically that you...
1: There are... um, Every woman in this is... Every female animal is a stereotype...
0: Yep.
1: Possibly every male animal as well, but I'm thinking specifically of there's her mom, which she's the mom. Yep. There's Judy, the driven woman in a man's world. Yep. There's the pop star sex symbol. Yep. There's the uh, vapid uh, vole girl who's like (laughs) this (laughs) Jersey-accented... Oh, thank you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> who's very? Who's like our first introdu- introduction to her is? Did you see those leopard print jeggings? And she's very <laughs> like a combination of a valley girl and Jersey girl. Yeah. And then uh, you have Bellwether, who is the conniving woman who double crosses. And so there are a lot of nuance in all. Not a lot of. There is some nuance in the characters we get to know better, mm-hmm. like Bellwether and Judy. But there are, when you take them as broad strokes, are a bit, like, there are five different kinds of women, and here they are.
0: Yeah, and I think, um, I don't disagree with that. I think the male characters are fairly archetypal also.
1: Yes, I agree.
0: Except that I think, well, I mean, the most nuanced characters are Judy and Nick. Mm -hmm. And Nick is the... Con man with a heart of gold. Yep. That is very... I.
1: That's archetype an archetype. An archetype.
0: And Judy is the driven woman in a man's world. That's an archetype. And we both... We get some depth and nuance that makes them feel like characters instead of archetypes. But mm-hmm. they are both like fitting pretty closely into those molds.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't... And maybe a real point of criticism is that a grifter with a heart of gold is an archetype, but it's not an archetype of maleness specifically.
1: No, not necessarily. Whereas
0: driven woman in a man's world is an archetype of femaleness. hmm So like you could have the Nick character be female
1: mm-hmm. and not
0: have to change. And, and it would be still. That his, would be interesting. His, uh, character would mean mostly the same thing if he was female, but her character wouldn't mean the same thing if she was male. Yeah. That's just an interesting thing to think about. Is that a... Do you think that that is a point in the movies, a point against the movie?
1: Possibly. I was thinking if, if Judy was male, then it would be much more about race. Yeah. Because it is about race as well. And so I think if... If you made her uh, unable to succeed in this uh, racially other world, in this species other world, that makes it a lot more specifically about racism than about sexism.
0: I want to talk, actually, before we leave gender. um, (laughs) Good luck. (laughs) Before we move on to a different topic of conversation, away from gender and into possibly race or what have you. What do you think... In terms of the movie's messaging, in terms of the movie's theme, how are men if predators are man analogues and prey are woman analogues, and I think they are,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and there's some complexity because some of the animals, like uh Chief BOGO, is uh by uh Kate Buffalo, who technically is prey, but he it doesn't get uh treated as if he's a prey animal. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> Men are predators in this movie, and predators are men in this movie. Yes. What is that saying about maleness, do you think?
1: I think you just said it, men are predators. And there's a real... So, I think the
0: back half of the movie pushes on this, like... uh, what, you think that just because I'm who I am, I'm a predator, you're afraid to walk down a dark alley with me? And there's an Mm -hmm. aspect of that that can be read as like a hashtag, not all men, what about the men? Uh, But I think actually instead, it's about um, patriarchy hurts men and women both. Yes. I think it actually is more landing on these assumptions that Uh, predators are vicious and predatory, and prey are weak and uh, incompetent, and the gendered coding of that, the subtext of that, that women are weak and incompetent and men have to lead, but that makes them predatory and dangerous. And the movie says, like, those assumptions are just assumptions. They're all through society and they hurt everyone. Mm-hmm. And we see Nick being really hurt by that because he wants to be, uh,
1: yeah, like the to whole use
0: the coding of it, he wants to be feminine.
1: Yeah, he. there was that whole sub, I mean, that whole backstory about him where he wanted to be in this, like, scouts that it was only ever prey animals and they made fun of him and didn't let him
0: and it's like a i mean we can code that as a boy who wants to
1: join the girl join scouts, the girl
0: scouts yeah. right and even though the prey animals are not female in that scout team but there's a gender subtext of that that's like he wants he doesn't want to be part of toxic masculinity and he's pushed into it by patriarchy that mm-hmm. is harmful to everyone yeah, i don't absolutely. think the movie is saying men are Predators and bad men. I think it's saying patriarchal uh, assumptions put are toxic to everyone. Yes, absolutely. And I, like, I think so. I, I like that in the end.
1: Mm-hmm. That's a really good point. See, I read most of what, uh, when it starts talking about predator versus prey and this whole nature, their, their nature was a lot more coded about race. Mm -hmm. Which I guess it's both, and there's a lot of, and the themes get a little muddled in there. But it's this idea of you are who you were born as, and you cannot ever stray from that. And there's something about your body that defines who you are.
0: Yeah. One of the reasons why, I think, uh, for the good, but one of the reasons why that um, is complex is that there isn't a uh, there isn't a clear real world analog for any of the species mm-hmm. um, whereas there is a real a clear real world analog of how prey are uh, coded female and uh, predators are coded male. Yes, like foxes are sly. That's a fox stereotype that's not any racial stereotype among humans. The kind of slyness that he is—that like he can't trust the things he say. He's a he's a grifter. He's a like that is very much like a fox stereotype. Yes. Um, and in in general, I think there is a racial subtext, but because it's not, I'm not saying it should be. I'm not saying it would be better if it sh- if it was. I think it's better that it isn't. But because it isn't, uh mapped onto real-world racial stereotypes, it makes that, uh, muddier. You follow what I'm
1: saying? I think so. I think, yeah. I think that's where I struggled with it, because I felt like it was about racism, but then it kind of wasn't.
0: It is kind of about racism, but it's not about a specific racial stereotype. Mm
1: -hmm. It's about acceptance in general, and being unaccepting, and mob mentality of an entire, uh group of people being painted with one brush because of the actions of a few.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Is it like hashtag not all predators?
0: Well, I think... um, I don't think in the end. I think it leans that way for a while when when we start to see that Judy has her own prejudices. Mm, Yeah. That leans a little bit towards the predators or the real victims. But I think it avoids that danger Mm -hmm. by really showing everyone is the real victim. Yes. That, like, the real, uh, the harmful, what, what Bellwether does is exploit a toxic subcurrent in the Zootopia society, to gain is, power. To gain power. Yeah. And that subcurrent is harmful to everyone, to mm-hmm. prey and predators, to all species, right? Yeah. And so I think the movie could easily have put have slipped into saying, ah, you thought the prey were the victims, but really the prey are the ones who are taking advantage of the poor innocent predators. Mm-hmm. But I think it doesn't actually land there. It It is in danger of landing there, but it ends up landing in a much better place where... Uh, she's manipulating a societal prejudice that hurts everyone. Mm -hmm. You said before we started recording that we could think about this movie in terms of race. We could think about this movie in terms of gender. There's an aspect of city versus country. Do you want to talk about that?
1: Yeah. There's, I dislike the urban versus rural things in this. And partly it's because I'm from, I'm not from rural, but I'm from a rural province. Anyway, I'm very, very aware of urban versus rural in general. And I dislike that her parents are stupid. And there's the specific part where Judy figures out what night howler is, that it's a plant and goes off on this big like tangent about how she's figured everything out, and and as she's speeding away, her parents were like, well, I didn't understand any of that, and Gideon is like, "Ah, man, I thought she was speaking in tongues. You catch any of that, Bond? Not one bit. Oh, that makes me feel a little bit better. I I thought she was talking in tongues or something. Um, but there's an aspect there to these dumb country folk, don't know anything, can't keep up with the big city life, the speed of the big city life, and despite raising a kid who's smart like that, they're definitely not smart themselves. And anyone who lives out there is not smart either.
0: And how do you know that she's smart? Because she leaves the country and goes to the city. Exactly. And going back to the country is giving up. Mm -hmm. And going to the city is making something of your life.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Like, there's a part early in the movie where her father is like, do you want to do good for the world? Be a carrot farmer. And that's a punchline to a joke. But I'm like you realize that if there weren't farmers there wouldn't be food
1: yeah exactly
0: so that's not actually a punchline growing food is doing good for the world really really
1: mhm exactly
0: and in fact maybe I'll I'll hold off on something do you have more to say about ur- urban and rural
1: only that it's all i feel like it's always damaging to paint people all with one brush and that's often gets done where people who live in the country people who live outside of big metro metropolitan areas get painted as all dumb and that have like in the states it's even like if you don't live on the coast and you live in the middle of america you're painted as like backwards hicks and like that's
0: and that's why gideon has a southern accent even though he lives in the same place that judy grew up yeah because he's like i'm a bumpkin living on my backwoods farming yeah Podunk. like no podunk's the other town over yeah right? exactly. oh like, that's
1: the thing is nick is like you're from a small town you must want to be a carrot farmer and like these yeah i just th- those kind of things bother me yeah and this does it with no nuance. Despite it treats a lot of things with nuance, it doesn't treat that with nuance. No, that that no, makes not me frustrated.
0: Another thing that you said before we recorded that you noticed and wanted to talk about was nature versus nurture. Do you have anything to say about that that we haven't that you don't think we've covered?
1: Well, I mean, there's what we've already talked about that it's all about nature in the pre- the predators and they're trying to figure out like what exactly has caused this. And they're kind of like, we've evolved beyond our fighting and eating each other, but there's still this nature of predators want to eat us. And we must And uh, this idea of they're born with this desire to eat the other people around them. And so this this idea of being born evil, even, yeah, or and like and Judy has that stereotype about foxes. She carries the fox spray on her first day, and she sees the first time she sees Nick, she follows him because she thinks he's evil because he's a fox. Yeah, and so it's this. Uh, I mean, that's the racial profiling aspect, but it's also the born with evil genes aspect.
0: Yeah. I love, by the way, when it comes late in the movie that he noticed that she was carrying Fox repellent the first time they met. Yeah. I that's a great moment. Me too. That is like, everyone has prejudices in this movie. Uh, we're on Judy's side, but she's also, uh, and I want to read it as she has also been, Harmed, and her prejudices harm her. They don't just harm the the objects of her prejudices. She's harmed by her own prejudices in really tangible ways. Yes. Um, In terms of nature, and I think there's a, like, a... Interesting philosophical exploration in this movie of, like, uh, civilization and what it is to be civilized. And mm. there's a Hobbesian... Uh, vein... Of like, life is nasty, brutish, and short, where the predators are still predators, they decide to uh, not attack each other so that they can have, you know, as like a social contract, but really, if they were allowed to, they would still kill each other. Mm-hmm. And that's what Judy and a lot of the prey and a lot of the characters kind of suspect. Yep. And then the movie ends up asserting that, no, that is not the case. Mm-hmm. They are not uh, deep down still bloodthirsty. Um, and these divisions between prey and predators are social, not biological in the end. The divisions in terms of their behavior, the divisions in terms of their social status and their roles that they're able to play, the movie wants to say that those are socially constructed instead of biologically grounded nomad, even though they might have ancient biological origins. Mm -hmm. That's interesting.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: When we were talking about rural versus urban, I said there was something I wanted to say, and I said I'll put a hold on it and bring it up after we're done talking about that. Judy wants to do good in the world so she goes off to become a cop.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: What do we think about that? I don't know uh, about, like, the the way to do good in the world is to be a cop.
1: Well, you can help a lot of people when you're a cop. You can, I mean, your goal is to to help stop crimes, which helps people. You're trying to, I mean, I'm not going to pretend like police don't do terrible things, that there aren't, uh... Corrupt police officers, but I think there are genuinely good police officers who are doing good things and helping a society function. Yeah. I think that's, it's the the modern equivalent of, like, trying to be a superhero is, if you want to try and be a superhero, you are like a cop or a firefighter because that saves people.
0: Yeah. I think this is uh, one of a billion Hollywood utopian representations of police as, you know, the ultimate good in the universe when what police do is reinforce a arbitrary government status quo. Crimes aren't... Crimes are just what the government has decided are is not legal, they're not moral judgments, and what police do is reinforce the uh, legal status quo... Uh, And that's not necessarily an unequivocal good.
1: I suppose. (laughs) But um, a lot of laws are moral. Like, you don't want murderers on the street. Like, cops exist, police exist to arrest people who are trying to hurt other people. And so, in general, people who are... Like, it's not arbitrary to say... That hurting someone is a bad idea.
0: No, but it is...
1: And there needs to be people to help stop that.
0: Well, even what you just said, right? Uh, Cops exist to arrest people. So they're not actually... uh, In absolute theory, police are punitive, not protective. They don't... Individual police may uh, protect individual people... But as an abstract concept, what police exist to do is to apprehend and punish those who uh, step outside of social convention, of agreed upon social conventions.
1: Conventions? Yeah. That's, I mean, I don't like that word. I, I feel like you're saying, like, they arrest people who are impolite. Like, no, if someone is, like... Trying to kill me, trying to hurt me on the street, I can call the cops. I can call the police, and they will protect. They will help. They will take care like, yes, they're there to take away the person who's doing the crimes, but they're in doing that, they protect uh, the people who need protecting, and of course, that's idealistic, but yeah that's not, and that's what Judy thinks that's the ideal that's true is a, I think you can talk philosophically about laws being unjust or laws being just, but in terms of the real world, yes, there are corrupt police officers, but a lot of them are not.
0: Yeah, what I'm just talking about is whether uh, being a police officer should be... Uncritically accepted as a uh, as an ideal goal for betterment of the world. Hmm. I'm going to make the world a better place by becoming a police officer. I just want to push against that being uncritically accepted as how to make the world a better place.
1: Is it because it's lower down in the policy making? You don't actually make the policies. You just enforce them.
0: That's one reason, yeah. So, Did, Like, see, if Judy is so smart and is so, like, wants to make the world a better place, well, why don't you make the laws instead uh, of just enforcing I, the laws that someone else is deciding I for you? I understand
1: now where you're going with, or I understand now maybe what you're saying is that if you're wanting to make the world a better place, you're choosing a very low level to do it in when you can go, say, into politics or into humanitarian work and actually make the laws and influence the people up top to and even like. Help people in a grander scale instead of in a smaller scale
0: and you know even if you're gonna be the implementation level like being a police means being the force implementation i'm gonna punish people who break the rules that other people have decided for me should be broken whereas like you said firefighter well firefighters save people (laughs) right uh it's just her way of seeing of of by force and violence is how you're going to make the world a better place, instead of by changing the system for the better of everyone. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. a, it's not a very uh, ambitious. Uh... You just
1: really want her to be
0: Leslie Nope. <laughs> I want her to be a city councilor. Darn it! <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, Zootopia needs a new mayor.
1: <laughs> Obviously. Well, so... maybe that's the, that should be Zootopia too. Judy becomes the mayor. Judy for
0: mayor. She's got my vote.
1: I think we've gone on very long and kind of gone off on a tangent.
0: Yeah. We got, I don't know if we're going to include it all, but I will include right now that things got way too, way too serious here at the way too seriously (laughs)
1: headquarters. (laughs) Yes. Sometimes we do vehemently disagree. (laughs) (laughs) So, is it good is it seriously good?
0: I think it's good. I think yep. no. Oh yes. I don't think you were going to. But if you, any viewers or listeners, don't think it's good, I will. Uh, I'd be happy to try to persuade you of its goodness. I'll be an evangelist for the goodness of this movie. Is what I'm saying.
1: All right. And is it seriously good? I think so. I think it is. I think um, where it fails is in maybe actually saying anything (laughs) i mean it presents a lot of interesting things to think about i'm not sure if it comes to any strong conclusions other than life is messy which maybe that is the conclusion that you need to come to life is
0: messy be as an individual kind mm -hmm. to other individuals and challenge your own prejudices I think those are great conclusions. Yes. And I think I'm much happier with this as a movie than if it was like, and here's how we solve prejudice. Yeah. Right.
1: And it's not your stereotypical Disney movie where you believed in yourself hard enough and you can do anything. Well, Judy believed in herself hard enough and she failed a lot of times because of it.
0: And when she did succeed, it wasn't because she believed in herself hard enough. It was because she's, uh, smart detective i mean she's not a detective in her uh role her job is not detective but she does detecting and puts the clues together like it's not about believing in herself it's about thinking through the problem until she has all the pieces right yeah it's a much more i think uh a message of why she succeeds is she works hard, she thinks things through, she request, she questions her assumptions, she makes allies uh, across prejudice and uh, admits her faults and learns from them. Like, it's nothing about, like, she's true to her own self, except maybe that, like, you can be anything you want to be. But in a way, I think, in a way that I'm so much more behind this mm-hmm. movie's version of you can be whoever you want to be. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's seriously good. I think it's good and seriously good.
1: I agree. We didn't even mention the like Breaking Bad part of this movie. Oh yeah, (laughs) that was great. It was great. This is a really funny movie. There's a lot of adult, a few little adult jokes that are like I mean the whole Godfather, the whole Godfather sequence and the whole Breaking Bad (laughs) sequence are both hilarious. The
0: like you come to me unannounced on the day of my daughter's wedding. Well, to be fair, we were brought here against our will. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's very funny. Yep. This is a funny movie. Yeah, made me laugh on many occasions.
1: Many occasions. If you want to tell us about what made you laugh, what made you cry, what made you think about Zootopia, how would you do that, Paul?
0: You could contact us on Twitter, at WTSCast. If you want to say that... Uh, Police are a vital part of society, Paul. what on earth are you talking about? You could even at me personally at that Paul Moffat, and I will have a reasonable back and forth with you. you can send us an email way too seriously cast at gmail.com uh, we're also on Facebook and Reddit and those all those things will be in the show notes if you like this show please. Give us a rating and review. And really, like, I'm going to say that in a different way from how I usually do. If you haven't rated and reviewed this show, but you've listened to more than one of them, like, do us a solid. Take five minutes, give us a rating give us a review, you will make our day, you will make our week, you will make our life, you will make...
1: Unless it's a one-star review, then it'll make me not be able to sleep for days, so don't do that. Don't do that. (laughs) Actually, I'm not allowed to look at the reviews, just in case. (laughs) Yeah, I'll
0: I'll only tell you to look at them if they're all good. (laughs) All good. So, I mean, you'll just, it'll be such a kind thing to do, Mm -hmm. so we would greatly appreciate it. And if you want to make our lives even better than that, you can support this show on Patreon at patreon.com slash clockworkscast by pledging a dollar a month or as much as you want to. Um, you'll get access to a whole truckload of other content that we regularly re- release there. Uh, so, so you can do that if you want. <laughs> so I don't know what the show is. So that's an option. I've been Paul
1: Moffat. I've been Jan Moffat.
0: <laughs> and Jan has been like sitting there with her mouth open, just waiting for me to say the thing so she can say her thing.
1: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um. And what's our our um, outro for this one? Uh, Zoo Topia, Fruitopia, no. Clue Topia. What are all the topias? <laughs> <laughs>
0: um. And you know something tells me it's all happening at the (laughs) zoo-topia.
1: Try everything!
0: Yeah. Okay, what's your favorite Shakira song?
1: This one? (laughs) This one where my hips don't lie because, you know, my hips don't lie either. (laughs) Your
0: hips are always telling me truth. So
1: many truthful things.
0: (laughs) What other animated movies could use a pop star dropping truths on them? (laughs) (laughs) Like, what if what if uh tangled had some kind of pop star in it mandy moore (laughs) it already does oh yeah (laughs)